Well, I don't know about you guys, but this year has been a year of change. It's been a year of transition for me because back last year, I sold one of my companies, Reverent Wedding Films, and I rebranded Reverent Media to Good Agency. So hopefully y'all are starting to see some correlation in some of our brand terms these days. Uh, but we've had a lot going on, and we've also had a lot going on from an overall economy and business perspective. Man, there have been so many changes in marketing with the revolution of artificial intelligence, with all of the updates coming out from Google on ads and acquisition and being able to track all of that. And so it's just a huge year of shifts, and we are not even done with Q1. So I have brought on one of my dear friends and partners in crime, James Hall, my VP of production at Good Agency. And we're going to chat about all of those things. And so I know that you guys are going to get a ton of value out of this episode. James brings the heat by really just sharing what he's seeing as boots on the ground, spearheading a team who is dealing with this stuff all day long. So with that said, welcome back to Good Business. Well, I'm your host, Clay Vaughn, and I'm best known as the CEO of Good Agency, a full-service marketing agency and production company that helps you market your business and share your story. Now, before we get going with this week's episode, I want to drop a quick note to any business owners listening in. Our show is sponsored by Rocket Fuel CRM, and you should head right over to www.rocketfuel.software so you can learn about the CRM I'm recommending to every small and medium-sized business. As of 2020, there were well over 10,000 web tools and apps designed for businesses like yours. And the problem is you can't afford to spend the time and money learning each one. Rocket Fuel CRM combines nearly every marketing tool out there into one unique system. So check it out at www.rocketfuel.software. You can try it risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee today. Alrighty, let's dive right on into this week's episode of Good Business. Welcome back to another episode of Good Business. I've got my dear friend, James Hall. You guys probably are starting to get to know, get to know him a little bit, um, but, uh, but I'm so happy that he's here today. We're going to chat about chat, GPT. We're yeah. going to chat about acquisition and uh, being able to, to measure uh, ad performance and things like that and, and what all the new privacy laws are doing. And we're just going to talk about the state of marketing today because mm. uh, there's uh, there's a lot of people putting AI on their issues lists. There's a lot of people uh, worried about what that does. I was talking to a group of agency leaders around the country uh, this past week about AI, and we know it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when AI is going to reshape what we see marketing as and how we see it. So anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And um, Anyway, so this is my first episode back after a brief spell of hiatus, if I can say that. Um, last fall, I got COVID, and then we moved, and then uh, I sold a business, and uh, we restructured the business that we're currently in. So, I mean, it's been busy. It's been real busy. And uh, so it is so good to be back in the saddle again, and I'm excited because last season we had some amazing amazing guests on yeah. the show, including Dr. J.J. Peterson, the head of StoryBrand. We had Tyler Pigott and Jay Owen, and we had some other amazing folks like Eric Berquist. It was amazing. I, I walked away from last season thinking, wow, I am so lucky that I get to even be in the, in the room with those guys, hearing sure. what they have to say. And uh, I feel the same way about this upcoming season. And we're starting off with James Hall. And uh, so, so James, you're 
you're in it. You're in the weeds, in the in the in the sure. trenches. Dare I say? Um, because it's a battle out there, and it's uh, it's a bloody one too. I mean, the, the level of competition has increased dramatically as we're stepping into this recession, and we're um, the recession that we're not allowed to talk about apparently. But um, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so we've got all of this happening. Meanwhile, we have the evolution of artificial intelligence, aka algorithms, um, and uh, and and how do we respond to it? That's what we're going to talk about. So, yeah. James. You want to kind of give everyone kind of a quick uh, recap of who you are? Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, so I'm James. I'm the uh, vice president of operations here at Good Agency. Uh, I feel like that's going to be part of our conversation today. Uh, we definitely did a, a name update, and I'm excited uh, to talk about all these things. We've got a lot happening in the market space. Um, I oversee a wonderful team of creatives and professionals that uh, win for clients and overcome hurdles uh, in the marketing space. And uh just going away from 2022 and going into 2023, let's just say this. I mean, I just finished up a, a nice little seven tips to do for marketing for 2023. And it took more thinking power to make that article than previous year's articles that I've written on like things you should be go- doing in 2023 because so many things had changed uh, in such a short amount of time. Um, and they are, I mean, you said it's an AI, you know, evolution, like what's happening with uh, the, the, the buzzword of chat GPT. Uh, and I agree with people who say it's more like an AI revolution uh, as much as it's mm-hmm. an evolution. And so it's here. It's not going anywhere. Uh, if people were paying attention last year, uh, they saw it onboarding, you know, up mm-hmm. into its launch. And so now we're now we're now we're in it and people are. People are loving it. I, I've got so many different fun stories I've heard from people who've tried crazy things about it. Uh, actually, I'm gonna just jump into like my favorite real quick. It's like this this story is great. So the you know the, the power of what you can do with this the, this chat tool. Uh, I heard this. Uh, I was listening. Just I, I listened to all types of random people talking about these modern tools. And one guy said he he needed to ask you know the chat if he could if it could tell him how many briefcases he needed to put in the back of his Tesla. And like. Technically, that shouldn't be possible. You shouldn't be able to ask a computer how many times, you know, know, if you know your bag and you know, and online it knows your bag and you also know like your car, it shouldn't really be able to figure out how many bags can go into your car. However, it figured it out and it gave him an exact amount of of, of it. I was like, how did this do this? It was crazy. And the way that it did it was uh, it actually used pictures to figure out the height and depth of the trunk of that particular Tesla model found his bag online, found out those measurements, and then did the calculations to figure out how many bags he could get into the back. That's of his car. So uh, as my uh, senior developer said this last week, he's like, you know, AI um, is something that you can truly dig deep into about anything you're interested in. And it does mm. a pretty good job of giving you deep dives. And so I thought that was a really interesting uh, point of mm. view from someone who's a developer. You know, he was laughing. He was like, Back in the day, if you needed to, you know, write a CSS code for something, or you needed to write some extra code for something, you had you had to know how to write it. You know, he's like, now you can say, hey, I need I need JavaScript or blah 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 blah, and it will spit out for you a, a best possible general solution right there on the spot. That that alone is is changing the game uh, on things in technology. So, yeah, it's uh, it's fantastic to to just see this technology become available because it's really separating the thinkers from the doers mm. and um, <clears throat> all the agency partners that, that we work with and, and folks that, that we kind of stay in touch with on how um, just the overall industry is responding. They're all saying, Hey, look, yeah, we don't need doers on our team anymore. We're switching to exclusively thinkers. If we have doers on our team, we're going to be out of business next year. 
Yeah. And I think that's that's true when you're thinking about AI because it's not going to be the the actual doing of the work that you're going to have to be experts in is you're going to essentially have to learn how to teach AI. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so that's, that's inspiring, exciting, terrifying all at once. Uh, all I mean, once. everyone is jokingly saying, Oh, it's like Terminator, but I think it's all with a little bit of nervous laughter. It's like, Oh, <laughs> it's Terminator. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely with nervous laughter. Somebody out there is definitely like, okay, please tell me there's an on-off switch for this. Thing, yes. right? That's what we're all yeah. hoping. Somebody out there's got the, the the unplug option, you know, to like disconnect this thing oh, from man. being able to think for itself in, in the fullness of senses. You know how yeah. we reason as humans. Uh, well, it's really inter- just talking about this. You know, for those of y'all who don't know, the idea of AI writing writing for you is not a new concept. Last year, uh, if it's not the number one tech company, one of the number one tech companies that came out, they used to be called Jarvis. They got in trouble with Disney. So now they're called Jasper. Uh, they've been out for a little while. They were the first big players, if you will, to the AI game. Yeah. And and every agency last year loved them. They was like, oh man, like so thankful to have someone who could, you know, a, a machine initially write a breath of copy. Um, and I remember talking to our SEO guys about it and they were like, no, we are not writing with the AI tool for SEO copy. This is a bad idea. And we were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. I think it's kind of extreme, but we did. We took, we took the stance on it not, you know, not using that. Um, and we would use it to, you know, do other types of forms and stuff, but not specifically SEO. And so just to talk about a little bit of like the goods and the bads here. So the great news is, is with, you know, an AI tool like Jasper you can use, um, you can create a lot of a lot of good baseline ideas and pull, you know, pull things from it. Uh, but you cannot rely on it solely for just writing mm-hmm. out what you want to create copy. And I, let me, I'll just kind of actually just share the whole story here. This, this is why. This is I'm like I'm like the boots on the ground guy. So the reason you don't want to do that is because you still are connected to ecosystems like uh, Google and Bing and these kind of things. And and Google Obviously, these are all businesses. They're all in competition. Google uh, has consistently owned 89% of the market share for 20 years. Like They're not giving that up anytime soon in regards to search volume and all this kind of stuff. Um, people, uh, because of that, they want to give good results to their, to their searchers, right? That's what Google's all about at the end of the day. And when they do that, people come back to the machine to get the answers to their questions uh, that they're searching for. Um, so when it comes to AI written copy, Google has an AI machine. I will say, I think it's ins- it's not nearly as good as the other stuff that's recently Great. popped out. It but, failed the test when they yeah. were challenged together. They, it failed. It, d- yeah, it didn't exactly. even complete the test. It just failed. So Exactly. But, but it is smart enough to know if something is AI generated or not. And so a lot of mm-hmm. people don't realize this, but if you were using the AI tool the first half of the year last year to write a whole bunch of SEO copy, and you were creating so much copy and you were doing oh, such good work and you were, you were just killing it. I mean, you were, you were doing things that, I mean, literally no human could do because you were using a computer and uh, you got deemed crazy hard back in September by Google. Google throttled you down and uh, more or less said, no, do not do this. Uh, which is so funny because now we're going into 2023. And I think the question that people are having is, is that going to stay, <laughs> you know, like mm. is the demand, and this is why uh, there's a wonderful YouTuber who did a great piece on like how many users have used chat uh, GPT. Um, and he marked it by the number of 100 million users. And so the telephone company, it took 75 years, 75 years to get 100 million users to use a telephone, right? Wow. Cell phone was a little bit faster. Um, you go all the way up to like Instagram. It was like a year or two, something like nine months maybe. Um, and then TikTok was even less. It was like, five or six months, but chat GPT did a hundred million users in like two months. 
That's regards insane. to how many people. So yeah, exactly. It's insane how many people have used it and they like it. And they're, they're like, they, they like what the tool is, you know, so the demand is there now. Uh, People are seeing that, that AI tool as a demand piece. Um, So I am, I am interested to see how things shake out between Google searching uh, powerhouse and its ecosystem. And what is this new, you know, AI tool. I I completely agree. And you know, one thing that I'm, that I'm super interested to, to see how it plays out is chat. Well, any of the AI software that that is content creation, because the, the whole fear among content creation creators is, oh no, where's my job going? Yeah, but yeah, if sure. you think about it, the attention span of the average human being is about two and a half seconds right now. So I don't think we need more content. That's not our problem. Our problem is having good content. And if you think yeah. about this AI software, and I, I don't know how true it is, but I saw... Uh, an email come across my desk this morning. I think you posted it in our campfire um, about how chat GPT, at least, is is dated, meaning mm-hmm. it's pulling data from 2021. It's not pulling data from modern day. So we're talking about essentially content that's, that's a little bit dated. I mean, I'm sure that's yep. going to be fixed in the years to come. Um sure. And everyone's pumping out a huge volume of content. I mean, right now, I, I when I was on LinkedIn, I don't know, a year ago, the content that I was consuming was pretty authentic, but it wasn't a ton of it. Now I go to LinkedIn and everybody has the most authoritative statement they could possibly make about a specific topic and it's well-educated. And yeah. I guarantee you the bulk of that content is AI generated or at least assisted. And so my concern with this AI software is it's addressing one problem that marketers have, but we're going to end up creating other problems, which is an overwhelming volume of content. And when we have that overwhelming volume of content, it's really going to boil back down to the, the basics of traditional advertising, traditional branding of who's authoritative, who's authentic, Um, in 2019, uh, I, I attended a, a digital summit, or I guess it was 2018. Oh my gosh, it's been a minute. And they said that if you're going to create content, it's better to create one piece of authoritative content a year than 24 pieces of mediocre content a year mm-hmm. from an SEO perspective. So we see that there's going to be all of this regurgitation of content all over the place. And so because everybody's regurgitating it, no one's an expert anymore. So it's mm-hmm. going to be really boiling down to people are going to try to find their channel, their source of content, and they're going to stay there. And you're going to actually have an even harder time getting someone's attention. If we think it's yeah. hard now, it's going to get even worse. So I think we're going to see a new wave of innovators come across with uh, ways to get people's attention. And I'm, I'm super intrigued as a marketer myself. I'm super intrigued to, to be one of those innovators and come up with that solution to that problem. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, it's key, you know, you're going to, we're going to have to be adapting to this AI and what it's, what it's doing to the marketing space. Um, I saw a post online. It was like the five or 10 AI tools that already exist that you should know about. And, and I, it's funny, every one of them was a marketing tool, you know, yeah. uh, content creation, video, and all of this was AI generated. And so to your point, I can, I, it's like, I just have to like speak to this over and over again, like agencies, you know, those of you who are listening that are agencies, like, man, 
you know, AI is going to be great for us as long as we properly use it. Those of you who are business owners, just be be aware. Yeah, you might save a dollar, but if your content's not good, then mm-hmm. no one's going to listen to you. Mm. Yeah. You know, like I mean, every year I write the whole like tips thing. The very first thing I always mention is you've got to have a clear message. Like if you are not saying something clearly to people, um, yeah. they're, they're, they're not going to listen. And I know, I mean, we're a story brand agency. We love being able to tell a, a, you know, a great, clear message and story to people, but it's essential. I mean, if you pull up uh, one of these AI tools and you try to tell it to give you something, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a great storyteller. And it doesn't mean that it's going to say what your audience needs to hear, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that is very important. I've, uh, I, I walk that weird balance of like um, every single month, Google, unfortunately changing something on me about their algorithm, you know, and having mm-hmm. to put up with, with those changes. And the one thing I can say is, is that um, being clear about who you are and being clear about what your customer needs changes the conversion rate. You know, our oh, average yeah. websites can convert at over 3%, which is substantial for considering all the different industries that we walk in. And um, it's because there's clear calls to actions and there's a clear message and yep. it just, it, it works. You know, it's the basics. Uh, but to your point, I am interested to see how far back to branding styles, you know, gosh, 10 years ago are going to, you know, we might, how much are we going to head back toward those? Because, uh, I know you mentioned at the beginning of this attribution, but when I start to think about things I'm seeing online, there's a movement in the world about privacy, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, stop me if I'm going the wrong direction. But no, no, this is exactly where to, I want to take us. Yeah, this is great. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. So when it comes to uh, privacy, people want privacy. I mean, Apple wouldn't have rolled out last year um, their email uh, privacy, uh, new rules on their iPhones and on their products if people didn't ask for it. Like, it's a demand now that people are saying, no, I don't want you to track me. Um, and marketing companies get worried about that because it's like, oh, I, I, I would love to see my open rates and my click-through rates. Please don't take that from me. But Apple made it made it pretty clear. I mean, if you opened your app and it said, do you want to be tracked by robots or do you not want to be tracked? I was like, who, no. who's not? Who's not? No. Who's going to be like, yeah, I love being tracked by stuff. Like no one... No one says that, you know, that, that's why yeah. all the privacy policies for Google and why they're all, they're always in legal suits with some state because of, of this problem. Um, but attribution is going to get harder because of the privacy demand that mm-hmm. people want. I mean, uh, the guys over at 37 signals released a whole email new, you know, invention just on the idea that you can't get an email into someone's inbox without them allowing it in, <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. like literally like it's hidden into a whole separate area. And so it's like that kind of stuff is is the demand of the future because people don't want to be bombarded as much so to your point how do marketers reach those people um but let me let me back up just a little bit when it comes to attribution i, I want to kind of mention this because it's something i'm seeing happening right now and i've heard other marketers who are also in the space of ads that have mentioned this which is if you're not aware of this as a business owner attributing uh leads where they've come from is harder than it has ever been in marketing oh, yeah. ever the, the glory days of being able to turn on a Facebook ad and target people based upon whatever you want. We already know that's gone. Like that's been gone for a while now. No. Uh, turning on Google and searching terms, that's still pretty strong. But being able to open up the back end of your website, track people through all the, you know, the different sources and where they came from and why they went that way and how many times they came back to your website. All of that data is getting more and more and more unclear uh, because of the privacy of, of these different tools. I mean, I mean, there's a whole uh, app out there that's, Literally, a percentage of market now of uh, searches is through that uh, uh, duck with the duck duck go, which is a hundred percent privacy browser all the time, always. You know, yeah. um, 
and no tracking and all they tell you how much they've blocked and all that kind of jazz. But people love that stuff. My, my father-in-law, like out of nowhere was like, I, I got it. And I was like, come on, man. Like you gotta be kidding me. You know? And it's, it's just one of those things. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't mind people doing that. Yay for them. That's great. But as far as me seeing the wave of the future from marketing and businesses, you got to realize that, you know, that classic branding of you just need to be in front of your audience. You need to be giving them a clear message and you might not be able to say, oh, I spent a dollar and I made $3. That attribution yeah. is going to be more and more fuzzy. And personally, I actually, my, my professional opinion on it is, is that in the next three years, so I think that it will be almost to the point where you might not be able to. Uh, yeah. I think that's because of the demand of the audience. So. And I'll say this, um, when, when, when we think about just kind of the original small town, small business, I mean, mm -hmm. the you're on main street, you're, you're golden. I mean, you're going to do yep. great. Um, that's branding. You're, you're paying for a premium space so that people can find you. Well, we've since moved out of that and we moved from a physical world into a digital world. And the new version of main street was social media. I mean, you want to be able to be visible. And, uh, I mean, for, for a season in like the early 2010s to mid 2010s, I mean, it was the golden years. It was, mm -hmm. you can be visible if you pay to be visible, just like it yeah. was on main street for a century or centuries, I should say. Centuries, um, like, like yeah, most centuries. of human existence, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or like all of human existence. Yeah. Um, and now we've we've moved outside of that even, and we are out of the digital age into what you're saying, I would say privacy age of marketing, if, if mm -hmm. we want to use that, where your audience, they are essentially going to the big guys. I mean, mm -hmm. it. good luck starting a new streaming service. Yeah. I mean, good luck. Good luck starting a new bulk e-commerce service. Amazon got you beat. Yeah. And even the folks like Walmart and Target and all those guys, they're reeling. I mean, they've been hit so hard by Amazon over the years. They're even reeling. So you have to ask yourself, what does this mean the next generation is going to be? Are we exclusively going to be tied and all commerce is going to be tied to big corporations? Well, I certainly hope not, but that's the direction that we're headed. And the only way that we can actually prevent that from happening is by successfully implementing branding campaigns for our our businesses, our small businesses now, our small and medium-sized businesses now. If you're not doing it now, then by the time you need to be doing it, it'll be too late. Because mm -hmm. once again, I, I, I echo what I said earlier. I think the direction that uh, things are taking is people are not even going to be given access. So they're just going to choose a specific channel and they're going to stick with that channel. They're going to choose a specific business that they work with and they're going to stick with that because they're not going to be able to find anything else that's relevant to them. Um, and now I think the one the one kicker is going to be based off of how AI is improved. Um, I would not be surprised at all if the AI uh, gods, little g, um, start to, um, to, to, to adjust to the the things that you like and the things that you don't like. I think it's already doing that, but ultimately I think AI is going to become our new search engine. And when that happens, it's going to help you find the things that you want and the things that you previously engaged with. So that's where things like SEO, things like clarity, things like using words that are not AI written are going to be yep. really powerful for you. So, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts and variables, obviously, but I mean, we're seeing the the digital Main Street going away, and so we need to figure out where that new that that new Main Street is. 
So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's great that you mentioned that. I've, I've said for years that the marketplace of America is no longer in downtown. So, you know, it's, a, it's yeah. in the digital world. And if you're not on it, then you're not going to be seen by it. Yeah. Um, and you won't you won't find those audiences. And also because the world is so interconnected more than it ever has been. I mean, people up here, there's a coffee shop where I'm at. People buy their coffee from all over America. Like, when has that ever happened before? Like, yeah. you know, back in the day, you could only sell to the people in your area, you know, but they're up drinking coffee national. from Virginia today. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Me too. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. So, um, when it comes to uh, the whole um, idea of where is your audience as a business owner, unless you're a local service, right? If you're like exclusive, like a plumber or something, like you're not going to be a national brand, right? You're a local, yeah. okay. But as far as selling things online or e-commerce, all of that, you're you are a national brand, uh, unless you have some reason to say you're not. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you could get orders from anywhere. Uh, and when you think about the giants, the Amazons and the Walmarts and those guys, um, what did they do to make themselves grow, right? That's why I was telling people, challenge yourself to the question of not um, survival, but thri- like thriving. How, how did they like thrive in the midst of a world that wasn't that? And I'll, I'll give you a hint. Uh, it's lead generation. <laughs> mm. uh, I mean, those who have the most emails uh, get the most yeah. um, sales. I mean, that's just, that's just the way that it is. And it's because in some respects... I partially think Clay going forward that when you have an email list, you kind of on some level have created your own online market uh, place, you know, like that list. Say you have 20,000 emails. Like how amazing is it that you can do an email blast and touch 20,000 people with the exact same message said the exact same way, maybe with a video. I mean, you can like, no one could do that back in the day, Mm. you know? And so the power of having a, a, a real email list um, that of real people that have been verified and they don't unsubscribe from you because they like what you say. So, you yeah. know, so, so say good things to them. Um, it's going to be very powerful uh, in the next two mm-hmm. or three years, especially because regardless as to whether or not there's open rates or not open rates, you still can touch them and reach mm-hmm. them uh, with an email uh, or with a text. So, so true. So yeah. true. I love it, man. I love this conversation. We could absolutely be talking about this for a very long time. But in light of this, I I would just encourage if you guys are listening and you run a small business or you're a leader in a small business or a nonprofit or a church, you need to be thinking through, all right, first, what is it that that we do and and who is our audience now? If you don't know that, you got to figure that out. That's a baseline. You got to figure out who your audience is and you need to start building that list that James was talking about um, through lead generators, through, I mean, uh, get if you're a church, you shouldn't have the email address of everybody who comes to your church. That's bare yeah, minimum. You got to have that. Um, if you're a business, if someone comes to your website, that means they're interested in the product that you sell. So if you're not asking them for an email address, then you're doing something wrong. Um, whether you're a service-based industry, e-commerce, yeah. what have you. Sure. And and then you've got to be making sure that your SEO is solid on your website. I mean, my biggest investment for my own marketing agency is SEO. Just so you know, I mean, full disclosure, like that is where I firmly believe every single business should be investing. As long as you have those basics taken care of, of lead generation and, mm-hmm. and, and even knowing the product that you sell. So clarify your message and uh, invest in SEO. And you'll probably be pivoting as with any marketing campaign in the years to come as AI is developed, as Google improves. But the thing is, Google is 
incentivized to survive. So they will find a way to stay relevant in the in the global conversation. And you want to be uh, tied to that group if you can, because they're the main street. So anyway, I love it. James, any any parting thoughts um, before we wrap up? Um. Yeah. Um, if you don't have a clear plan on what you're doing uh, in your marketing, I recommend you get one. Um, it's kind of my little bonus. I tell people like, that sounds really funny and very basic, but you'd be amazed how many people up one day and they're like, I want to do Facebook ads. I want to do Google ads. I want to, you know, shotgun approach. And the real question is, is what should you do first? And so anybody out there listening, that's a business owner. Uh, just want to say, uh, recommend you talk, talk to an agency that you trust get a good marketing plan uh, and get a strategy and then work with people who you trust uh, to execute on that. Um, set clear expectations and, and grow your business. Have fun doing yep. it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week and we'll see y'all next week as we kick off our uh, entire season for good business. Uh, y'all have a blessed week. Talk to y'all soon. If you like this podcast, please subscribe now and share with friends, family, and other business leaders. You can learn more about each guest and the resources we discussed at podcast.clavon.com. And if you're a business leader looking to market your business and share your story, check out my company, Good Agency, at www.goodagency.com. We'll see you next time on Good Business.